Hello, greetings. We're very glad that you've joined us, and we're glad that you're interested in spiritual matters. My name is Ethan, and I work with the Venice Church of Christ. We're disciples making disciples on the west side of Los Angeles. It is revealed to us in Ephesians chapter 3, and in verse 11, that this is according to the eternal purpose that God has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. That God has an eternal purpose in Jesus Christ. That his glory would be manifest in the church, in, in verse 10. And, of course, the way his glory is manifest in the church is that uh, Jew and Gentile, people from all walks of life, are brought together and reconciled to him through Jesus. And from beginning to end, all of man's spiritual history, from Adam until the day of the resurrection, hinges on the Christ. It's the eternal plan. It goes in both directions. In Matthew 13 and verse 17, Jesus tells his disciples that there are many righteous men who wanted to see the things that they were seeing, but did not get a chance to see it. The same is said in Hebrews 11 and 13. There's a lot of people who want to see the things that would happen regarding the Christ. And we have the luxury now, as Christians, to look back and to be able to see what he has done, and to see what he has done in light of what had been established in the scriptures, in the law and the prophets, about the types of things that Jesus would do, and who he would be, and things of that nature. And therefore we do well to spend some time considering the prophecies of the Christ. Because God made promises to Israel about their coming Messiah. It was a great source of hope and expectation. And God would fulfill those promises, but not exactly as the people expected. We begin by establishing the time. In Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has a dream. Daniel, one of the Jewish exiles, is given by revelation of God the interpretation of the dream. And the dream is a large statue with four different parts, representing four different empires. Babylon, Persia, Greece, and then Rome. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, it was promised that in the days of the last empire, God would raise up a kingdom that would never be destroyed and would crush it to pieces all the other kingdoms that had come before it. In Daniel chapter 7, there was a fourth beast, and in his days, a one like a son of man would receive an everlasting dominion and kingdom from the ancient of days. In Daniel 7, 3, seven sorry, Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. In Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 and 26, uh, the anointed one, the Christ, is cut off after the 69th week of the 70 weeks that were decreed for Jerusalem and for its temple. So all of that establishes the time in the period of the Roman Empire. And this setting is established. The Christ was said to be the Son of God in Psalm 2 and verse 7, 2 Samuel 7 verse 14. You are my son, today I have begotten you there in the psalm. In Psalm 97 and verse 7, the Christ child would be worshipped by angels. The very famous prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 that uh, Emmanuel would be born of a virgin. 
in Emmanuel being God with us. In chapter 9, verse 1, verse 6 and 7, that he would be a descendant of David, and that he would be given the name of mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and that he would provide light to the areas of Zebulun and Naphtali, which by the days of the Roman Empire was Galilee. In Jeremiah 31, verse 15, there be distress upon mothers, Rachel weeping for her children because of the Christ child. In Hosea 11, and verse, chapter 11, verse 1, God said he would call his son out of Egypt, and the Christ child would come out of Egypt. In Micah 5, and verse 2, that Bethlehem Ephrathah, which is so small among the cities of Judah, and yet from him would, from it would come the deliverer, the Christ. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5, Isaiah sees the day where there will be one crying out in the wilderness to prepare a way for Yahweh, prepare a way for the God to come. And as the prophets lay down their pen in Malachi chapter 4, 5, and 6, there was the expectation that the Elijah would come and return before the day of Yahweh to turn fathers to the, the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, before the great and awesome day of Yahweh would come. Of the Christ, in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 22, Moses said that he would be a prophet like him, and that people should listen to him. In Psalm 78, verse 2, that he would teach hidden truths and parables, hidden from the foundation of the earth. In Isaiah 54, 13, and Jeremiah 31, 34, all would be taught of God. In Isaiah 61 and verse 1, that he would be anointed to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, those who were ill, those who were in bondage. In Isaiah 42, 1 through 4, the servant of God would not seek honor for himself by what he would do, and he would not provoke his enemies, and that he would not snuff out a lick. In Isaiah 53, 4, he would take away illness. From Isaiah 61, that the blind would recover their sight. Then Psalm 8 and verse 2, praise would come from small children because of him. In Psalm 35 and verse 19, that the Christ would be hated without cause. In Psalm 46 through 8, that the Christ would come to do the will of God. And that in Psalm 69 and verse 9, that zeal for his father's house would consume him. And when he would enter Jerusalem in triumph, he would enter on a colt. In Zechariah 9 and verse 9. And yet the Christ would have to die. In Genesis 3 and verse 15, the very first prophecy, perhaps, that between the snake, about the serpent and man, that the serpent would bite the heel of man, but man would crush the head of the serpent. In Exodus 12 and verse 46, the Passover lamb's bones were not broken, and so it would be with the Christ. In Psalm 22, we see the psalm that the Christ would cry out to God that Lot would be cast for his clothes, that enemies would be around him, that he would feel abandoned by God, but that what he had accomplished would be proclaimed to a generation yet untold, that he has done it. Psalm 41 and verse 9, that the one who has eaten his bread and has dipped his bread in the dish with him would betray him. In Psalm 118, verses 22-23, that uh, the Christ would be rejected, but would become the chief cornerstone, and it is marvelous in the sight of our God. So many are familiar with Isaiah 53, 
that explains that the Christ would not die for his own sin, but he would suffer for the sin of others. That he had no sin himself, but would be numbered among the transgressors. And that he would be buried with a rich man in his death. And in Zechariah 11, 12 and 13, as Zechariah, the Christ would be valued at 30 pieces of silver. And that money would be used for the potter his field. In Zechariah 12 and verse 10, that those who would pierce him would look upon him and mourn and lament. That the Christ would be struck down in Zechariah 13 and verse 7, and his disciples would scatter. There's expectation, like Jonah was in the fish for three days, so Christ would be in the earth three days in Jonah 1 verse 17, and that healing would come on the third day in Hosea 6 and verse 2. Because the Holy One would not see corruption in Psalm 16 and verse 10. And that this Christ would have an would have authority. In Psalm 110 and verse 1, that the Christ would sit at the right hand of God until he slayed his enemies at his feet. That this same Christ would be appointed high priest in the old Melchizedek. In Psalm 110 and verse 4, that the one like a son of man would approach the ancient of days in Daniel 7 and would receive a kingdom that would never end. And that would be above all the nations from chapter 2 and verse 44. We see so many opportunities where the power and the description of the kingdom of the Christ are made. In Isaiah chapter 9, We read For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of Yahweh of hosts will do this chapter 11 there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his root shall bear fruit and the spirit of Yahweh shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh and his delight shall be in the fear of Yahweh he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear but with righteousness he shall judge the poor then decide with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child will lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, and their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of Yahweh as the waters cover the sea. And toward the end of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 65. For behold, I create a new heavens and the new earth, 
and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, they shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit, they shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat, and for the days for like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my children shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of Yahweh, and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are not yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountains, says Yahweh. In Jeremiah 31, 33, he talks about a new covenant that would come in the future days. That God will make with the houses of Israel and Judah. Not like the former covenant, but all will know the Lord. In Habakkuk 1 and verse 5, that the message of the Christ would not be heard or believed by many, uh, even if, if they could comprehend it. In Genesis 22 and verse 18, God had made a promise to Abraham that in him all, in his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And in Isaiah 2, 1 through 4, and Micah 4, 1 through 5, all the nations will come to Zion, and they will learn of God, and there will be no more war. In Amos chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, the people of the nations would be would come to Jerusalem and would be gathered as part of the people of God. There's all these prophecies that we can see in the Old Testament about Jesus, I mean about Christ, the Christ and his kingdom. We have seen when he would be born. We would see what he would say and do. We recognize that he would die and rise again. We understand that he would receive power and a kingdom. And of course, it is Jesus of Nazareth who fulfilled these prophecies. In Luke chapter 24, as Luke has spoken of Jesus' resurrection, Jesus says in verse 25, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with the Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And in verse 44 he says to them, These are my words that I spoke with you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of the Moses and the prophets and the Psalms shall be fulfilled. Must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. In Acts 9 and verse 22, Paul, there known as Saul, increased more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. How did he prove that Jesus was the Christ? Like his, his fellow compatriot Apollos in Acts 18 and verse 28, powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. 
And so the Christians of the first century would go through the Scriptures, just like we have gone through the Scriptures, and would show all of these things, how Jesus of Nazareth, and only Jesus of Nazareth, could have fulfilled them. That He was born at the right time, in the right circumstance, to the right people. That He lived and taught and acted in a way that is consistent with all that the prophets had said about Him. And that as the prophets had said, He died. That His death would allow for the atonement of sin. But that God would not allow Him to remain in the grave. But He rose from the dead in power and glory. And then He was sent to the Father and would reign over His kingdom which would have no end. It would be from these prophecies that people recognize who that Jesus was exactly who he said he was and did exactly what was expected of him and would put their confidence in God because God had promised and God was faithful. It's extraordinary, isn't it, that we can tell the story of Jesus and we've barely used the New Testament. The only thing we've talked about in the New Testament are the things that point back to the Old Testament. Therefore, the, the things that Jesus did were expected of him between 400 and 1500 years before he walked the earth. Who else but God could have established such a thing? And so that is why we can have confidence in the eternal plan that God has for us in Jesus Christ. That he was promised these things concerning Jesus from earlier and former times. And therefore we have every confidence that he'll be faithful to see through his promises to the end. The hope of resurrection on the final day. And that there will be a day of judgment coming. And that everyone will meet their fate based upon what they have done in the flesh. Let us believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and Lord. And that by believing we have and have faith in his name that we can have our salvation. That we should seek him and follow him to the glory of God. I'd like to thank you again for listening. If you have any questions or comments about anything that you've heard, you'd like to talk more about these things, if you'd like to learn how to become a Christian, or maybe you'd like to talk about something else, anything I can be of service, please let me know. Please contact me through my website, deverbovitae.com. That's www.deverbovitae.com. If you live in Los Angeles, travel in Los Angeles area, just want to learn more about the Venture to Christ, or maybe check us out. You can find out more about us online. We're at VentureToChrist.org, and you can also find us on social media. We again thank you. Have a great day.